0: with Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Renault, official car partner of the GAA. With a proud tradition in Ireland, Renault are committed to supporting those who give their everything to the game, both on and off the field. And after another hard-fought road to Croker, they understand as well as yourselves how important it is to enjoy the journey. That passion for what drives you extends to the time you spend on the road. With that in mind, head to renault.ie forward slash GAA for access to special motoring offers exclusive to GAA members. A grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice, you going to tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Permission wants to show, show. that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Okay everybody, welcome uh, to the Irish Examiner GA podcast, brought to you again in association with Renault Ireland, um, official car partner of the GAA. We're joined on, on Monday morning by Dr. Keen O'Neill and Dear Murphy, two distinguished and uh, well experienced guys on the sideline. And uh, Tony Lean is in studio and Larry Ryan on sound to, to pour over the, the many talking points from, from another epic All Ireland final on, on Sunday between Kerry and Dublin. So, uh, Murphy, welcome. Um, Thanks enjoyed so your day out?
2: Great day out. Great day out, no, really enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic match, uh, great occasion. Both teams going hammer and tongs for the full match. What more would you want?
1: What more would you want? Keane was there. Was there? You left. You left the ground yesterday. And what were your big things? Taking you know, walking down the road.
3: Yeah, it was enthralling. I think is is the words I would use. Um, I mean, I don't think either team ultimately would be happy with their own performances. You know, because they probably left a lot on the pitch in terms of. Uh, you know unusual errors may be associated with both teams opportunities that went to miss and needless turnovers, but I think the effort and Jesus uh, the, the work ethic the intensity right through to the seventy seventh minute I, I thought was phenomenal, and both teams deserve huge credit
1: yeah like that that part of it was just like we 'll get into all the you know the, the different bits and pieces, but like the the effort and the sheer just like Sean O'Shea, like we were speaking about him there, and that foul on Dean Rock. He was absolutely out on his feet. And to think that Dublin, with 14 guys for well over 40 minutes, the running and the tracking and the chasing. Like Conor Callan was actually playing as a defender on, on, uh, on Clifford for a few moments at, at one stage. Such was the transition of everybody up and down the pitch. Like the effort more was just savage like for 80-odd minutes of the game, wasn't it?
2: It was. It was out of this world. And you hit, you hit a good point there with Conor Callaghan and the Dublin players. Like You look at himself in Mannion and ball in hand, they'll be disappointed this morning with the way they played. But their work rate was off the charts yesterday, the two of them. And it's a great example for every player, really. You know, the fact that the game mightn't be going your way, but you can still contribute when you work really hard. The conditioning of the Dublin fellas, ads is. Out of this world. Now our lads are in extremely good shape. Kerry are in very good shape this year. You can see the last couple of years of work coming out through them and in what they're doing this year. But for Dublin to do what they did yesterday, to play a game like that, with 14 men in the second half, without a great deal of help coming from the line, because it was very late in the game before they brought on the majority of their subs, and for them to put in that work rate, that effort, Mm -hmm. it's a tribute to their. Obviously, we all know about the backroom team that they have, you know, and what's going into it. But you can can actually see where the effort and the work is going out there in the pitch with them. And even
3: to add to that, Marfa, for me, to take that even one step further, the fact that I felt Dublin were finishing the game stronger than Kerry and it was reflected on the scoreboard was that Kerry didn't have a shot in the last seven seven or eight, ten minutes. So the fact that 42 minutes with 14 men... You know, and still to be ploughing in the last uh, ten minutes was was frightening, frightening to see, and yeah. uh, huge credit to the players and and every back member behind them. You know,
1: and those those shots like you, you Costello obviously, which was the one that was was wide by um, by oh, Hawkeye clear, and uh, Dean Rock obviously kicked the equaliser, like. Dermot Connolly was was sitting back in the pocket like O'Gara. You know that 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 against Wales in the Grand Slam. I could see I could see the whole thing coming out in front of me and it slips back to him and like narrowly missed in Howard. Like they, they had they did about four or five chances but they were they were outside of the Connolly or excuse me outside of the Dean Rock or the Korma Kostler one. The other ones were they were kind of uncharacteristic of Dublin these outside of the boot from outside 45 yards that's not what they've been doing and it probably, you know, the pressure that they were under obviously led them to those chances.
2: Very much so. Like, you you rarely see Dublin taking on point-scoring opportunities from outside of that imaginary 30-yard zone around the D and coming out. But it just, as you say, it just goes to show the pressure they were under and I think for Kerry, it's a good sign of for, for Kerry that they were able to put them under that pressure and ask them the hard questions going in in the last couple of minutes of the game. And... You know, I think that they did eventually work the score really well um, for them, but it's it, it, they'll be they'll be disappointed with those shot selections. I would have thought afterwards. And I think, you know, we talked about after the the Tyrone match.
3: You know, what have the bench got to offer? You know, Dublin's bench relative to even go back to our time Murph twenty thirteen when it had a huge impact on that semi final game um jim only made one sub yesterday you know for a large portion of the game 52nd minute and paddy small came on so he was their first forward off the bench and oh, he's not going to be happy this morning because he kicked two wides. okay he got fouled at the end for that last free but if you trace it back it was that uh kick from probably uh, a poor choice of angle and distance that was the catalyst for the goal and, and that's not in Dublin's forward play. Now he kicked the second one as well and that didn't work out for him either, you know. But I would imagine Jim was seething because number one, it was from a place in the pitch they don't kick and number two, it was from that play that 11 seconds later that ball is in mm-hmm. the back of the net you know
2: but I do think Keane as well in the second half the positioning of Paul Murphy blocked up that scoring zone for them very much so mm-hmm. and they weren't able to work let's say the the loop arounds, the man coming off the shoulder with a clear run through and a handy score they weren't able to get the scores maybe as handy in the second half as they usually would because of Paul Murphy's positioning mm-hmm. um, so from that side of it I think we used the extra man quite well in the second half
1: yeah and like you you mentioned <coughs> Jim Gavin like it's interesting when you look at now afterward and you look at Peter Keane and, and the impact that he had and then the impact that Jim Gavin had. And we remarked here last week before the before the final about the benches and the impact that the potential impact that was likely to come off the benches. And I, I, I genuinely felt that with Tommy Welsh and the way Jack Sherwood was coming into the game, that Kerry's bench and the impact they were getting there in the last quarter was was going to match what Dublin were because we haven't seen Connolly hasn't been doing it. He hasn't been there. Sure, he, I mean, he was going to America. You know, Bernard Brogan's not even on the panel. Owen O'Gara's not on the panel. Kevin McMenamin's not the same guy he was. Like, you now you're coming to Karmic Costello and Petty Small are now your two main offensive threats coming off the bench when, like, that was a different animal, like, five years ago. And, like, Kerry's bench... And I think the calls made by Peter Keane and when he introduced them worked far better than, than Jim Gavin and probably highlighted like a bit of a lack of faith maybe Jim Gavin now has in the likes of Philly McMahon. Keanu Sullivan never made an appearance yesterday. You know, when, when they were certainly under pressure at times, especially with, with Tommy in the last quarter.
2: Definitely the way the Dublin squad has developed over the last couple of years is the newer players have come in and they've transitioned the older players out onto the bench to come on as impact subs. But some of their older lads, you, you can see the likes of Ono Gar and Bernard Brogan aren't even making squads anymore. Mm. Um, they seem to maybe be slightly be edged out again. So they are lacking those lads coming off the bench now. They are lacking that impact. Um, like they have good players coming on, but they don't have game changers anymore, which is maybe what they had a few years ago. Yeah. So it is something like, and you look at Tommy say you look at Killian, uh, Spillane coming on and scoring a goal on the point, which is bonus for us really because like Killian's had a really good year he kicked three great points against Donegal and against Meath and he's he's a coming lad like his young fellow, who was part of those successful minor teams but again another guy who came of age yesterday and now all of a sudden you're looking at serious options for the carry forwards which yeah. we didn't think we had maybe yeah. in June and July Like he's,
1: he's won seven kicked now in four games you know in, for, in, in his first four championship games he's got one seven kicked from play mm. and, and like the reason I didn't include him in, in that because we anticipated he was probably going to start the game and when he mm. came off the first ball he got I know he overcarried it but he was so direct and he ran and, and he ran into trouble and whatever but his he said he set the agenda straight away. That I'm going to get it. And I'm going to take you on. And I thought I thought he's, he's after giving you a massive lift as well. Yeah. But Jim Gavin just keen to go back to Gavin. And the, and the big incident, obviously, of the first half, which was the which was the sending off of Johnny Cooper, mm-hmm. which like any right minded person could say, that was that was a mistake. First of all, to not shift them out of there mm-hmm. quicker, uh, and then. I mean, how are how, how you going to let him, when, he's, when you know he's on that last, last edge, especially someone like Johnny Cooper, who plays mm. full throttle all the time anyway, like, I, I, just, I couldn't fathom how someone like Jim Gavin would allow that to happen with all, with all the information he's getting. Why would you put yourself at that risk when you know he's under pressure here with Clifford?
3: Yeah, I was very surprised. I think the whole stadium was, to be honest, because you could clearly see that Cooper was struggling. And, I mean, if David wasn't, his radar was off a little bit in the first half. I mean, he could have had four points on the board before that second yellow came, you know. Um, And I know, Jim, after the match, he categorically said the question was, do you regret? And his answer was, you know, in one syllable, no. And and end of, Mm -hmm. move on. You know, privately, I'd say, you know, he's regretting that this morning because, uh, I mean, he has, like, Mick Fitzheim, for example, would have been an able, you know, replacement just to switch across. It would have been relatively seamless. Um, Cooper and the Ganey. Don't think it would have upset things too much in terms of their balance or their structure. Um, could he move them out to the half-back line, created a switch back, you know, but the fact that he did nothing um, really surprised me. And people said, well, maybe he was waiting half time. But you can't wait till half time risky, yeah, yeah. That, That's yeah, too risky It's too and, late like, And yeah. uh,
2: Kian, Bear in mind as well I would be How do I put this now I would be Very yeah, surprised Easy yeah. <laughs> um If If the referee Wouldn't have been aware From the other Match officials As to what was going oh, on sure. Inside there uh, During the first half And if he's aware of it And if it's coming on like every team knows, loads of people around the 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 pitch, waterboys and mayor Fornets, you know who can communicate with the management team. Um, I would have been surprised if they didn't know that that he would have been yeah. under pressure, especially after the first yellow card, you know, and yeah, definitely yeah. before the second. Like you know that um, that he was in the red zone, yeah. like he was in danger territory. Yeah. Now, now that being said, I thought it was
3: incredibly harsh. If I'm being honest, um, there was a lot of talk last night in the Sunday game. I got back to Cork just just in time for it. And, um, I mean, there was all this talk about but he got ticked and then he got a yellow card and then he got a second. But, I mean, that's missing the point. You get a second yellow card for either a yellow card infringement or for further persistent fouling, mm. one or the other. You know, mm. it, can't be, it can't be just something that's kind of hazy. Um, that, to me, was a tick. It was a foul. And that's what you process should have been, in my opinion. And next time, you're gone. Kind of what I did with um, in the second half, who was Thomas yeah. Sullivan. Same type of thing. And he clearly warned him. Last chance, you know. I think if that was a standalone foul, anywhere on the pitch, that wouldn't have been a yellow card. So I, I thought he was unfortunate, to be honest. But I think Murphy's made a really good point. Unless you were at the match, you'd need to see what was going on in there on Young Clifford, and he's used to getting it now. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe he's a victim of his own success with dealing with it. But he was being hacked left, right, and centre, and he, he handled it brilliantly to still do what he did on the on the day, you know.
1: I, I thought I thought now to be fair that he had he had picked up the yellow. He had got a tick, and this was the next one in in very short succession. And, and no,
3: this is the next foul after the yellow. So there wasn't the a tick yellow. before. Oh, that. So
1: he, you're saying he should have got another tick before he would have ran out of space in his paper. He can't. He can't keep ticking next to. But the, there next the rules. To, uh,
3: but, but it's it's what is a yellow card? A yellow card is either a de facto yellow card offense or it's a series of ticks, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. one or the other. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't kind of go in the middle and say, well, it was a tick, but you're on a yellow, so here's the second one. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. I I just, I think that consistency and, and, is important. And while,
1: while even, you know, talking about the referee or Jim Gavin, like Johnny Cooper is most culpable here, too. I mean, if you if you look at how... Correct. And, and you can say, look, you know, uh, Tom Sullivan was fortunate. You know, uh, maybe a referee, a lesser referee might have bowed to the pressure and, and shown you know, Tom Sullivan, a second yellow and sent him off to b- balance the books. I certainly expected that was going to come. But but after that point, if you notice Tom Sullivan, while I, w- I couldn't believe that he was being left on Conor Callan Can- 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 mm-hmm. even on that last ledge. But you know what? He showed a bit of discipline that when the ball came into him, he still competed and contested for possession But he was so disciplined to make sure I am not giving the referee an opportunity here to give me a second, you know, another foul and send me off. And I just thought for a young guy, like, it showed incredible maturity and the kind of maturity that Johnny Cooper lacked Mm -hmm. when he knew he was treading that thin line and he should have been more disciplined to at least see himself out. Maybe Jim Gavin and Jason said, hey, listen, we're going to make a move here at halftime, you know. Mind yourself, and he just lacked that bit of discipline to say, "I'm going to see it out here for five minutes. I won't, I won't give another, another, you know, a bad foul and, and put myself in jeopardy." And, and 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 it's just amazing that Tom Sullivan had that maturity in his game, and that Cooper lacked it at that moment.
2: But you look at Johnny Cooper yesterday, and from the start of the game, he looked uncomfortable. First ball he got, or one of the first balls he got, he tried to solo the ball, That's he right. kept it ahead of him, and for to make a mistake on basic skills for a Dublin player lads in the last five years you could count them the fingers of one hand like, you know, in the big matches they just don't do it. Adrian Splang came across him, hit him a thump of his shoulder, we got the ball and I think we got our first score to the game right. after that. He just didn't look... Um, Settled. I, 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 Settled is the word I'd say, yeah, and you can say that they were n- nervous or whatever because these guys are going for, you know, they've played in so many All-Irelands, it's not that, but um, he just didn't look comfortable inside there. Is that more... F- but is that really
0: the David Clifford factor, in in the sense that you know? I mean, let's face it. Johnny Cooper would have known, probably since the semi final, I'm going to get detailed to Mark Your Man. He is bigger than me. And then when you had a situation where Kerry were isolating Clifford inside, there's no doubt in my mind. Like that Johnny Cooper was spooked, and again, given Keen how well I thought Fitzsimons did on Clifford in the second half. Um, and I know we're jumping around the place now in terms of points, like, but it seemed the obvious change. It wasn't like that there wasn't an obvious alternative there for Dublin. The only other thing I would say in the second half, and I would just get your view on this, is when Tommy came on for Kerry and again did very well, the only downside of that is it actually brought David Clifford out the field. It actually took him out of that area. And you could see he was fatiguing more and more then because, you know, in terms of actually working as hard as he did. I just wonder because I know we're going to get round Mike to talking about like what happened, Kerry, in the last 10 or 12 minutes, like, but like in terms of having that inside, in terms of having that outlet, when they were craving that in the last 10 minutes because everything was going lateral back and forth and they were desperate for something, I just thought Kerry just lost a little bit, you know, when, when actually Clifford came out, maybe onto the 40.
3: I, I, I definitely think that's a, that was a huge point in the in the last quarter in particular for me, the thing about Dublin we said this the last time we, we had the chat um, with Tony Mckintyy Dublin affords you opportunities you know they will give you opportunities to score. I, I predicted Kerry would score 118. I just thought Dublin might score a bit more um and I think Johnny Cooper getting back to your point about the Clifford factor I mean he's a phenomenal talent and and it's not just his kicking people talk about his kicking because they're the highlights you see in the Sunday game. But I think just to stand there or sit there at a match and look at his movement, like for a big guy, he's constantly on the move. He's constantly making the defender think. And I, I agree with, uh, with Murph there. I think he was really uncomfortable from the minute the ball was thrown in because he knew, because they don't play that way, that he didn't have that cover. Maybe the old Keenan Sullivan role. He didn't have that in front of him to play from the front. Because he knows Clifford can take it over his head as well, you know. So, yeah, I, I think Dublin will need to look at that the next day because, you know, Paul is going to have a big game the next day. Paul Ganey, I know he will. Clifford will again. They're going to be faced with the same problems. Um, so I think there's a little bit of soul-searching there defensively for Dublin to look at coming into, uh, into two weeks' time.
1: And, like, it's going to be, like, that was a fascinating element to us. Your three marquee forwards on both teams contributed only three points from play. You know, Clifford, Stephen O'Brien, Paul Ganey at three points, and then Mannion, Conor Connell Callan and Kieran Kilkenny, who was largely anonymous, you know, only contributed that, that thing. And it was so interesting then, Murph, when you look at, like, I think still for Dublin and for Kerry, the most effective attacking platform that there is in the game now is the opposition's kickouts. And, like, as a former goalkeeper and who's faced all that stuff, it was fascinating to watch like a young guy Shane Ryan playing in his first all ireland final facing a dublin press of 12 bodies and how good they are at it and then conversely the way Kerry approached cloxon's kickout and and got a bit of joy out of it. what were you what were you looking at and uh, and taking away from the kickout situation
2: it was brilliant really because it's a game within a game now and there's mm-hmm. bluffs going on and there's counter <coughs> bluffs it's great like and there's there's almost an element in some games of letting one of the opposition backs having it and then descending on him like a plague of locusts, to see if you can turn it over. But yesterday was very interesting. I thought that we, we had pockets at times, uh, let's say about 30, 40 yards out, right out wide in the wings, uh, that we could hit our men with. They were giving it to us, but twice Shane miskicked. And exactly the same kick in both halves went out over the line. But in general, I would say he was very good. He's This is his first All-Ireland final. He's a young man. He was under severe pressure from Dublin. And he found his men more often than not. The one thing I'll say about Shane is, and he had a really good game for us yesterday, and this is something that's going to come into his development in the next year or two, is he lacks that 70-yard Scud missile, long kick-out over the press that Niall Morgan would have, Patton from Donegal would have, which opposition forwards have to respect for fear that you could get really over the top. And down the line, if he can bring that into into his armory, let's say, for next year and for however long his career will be there, that's going to be huge for Kerry because if he can get it to an opposition, or sorry, to one of our half forwards off his own kick-out, long range, the press is taken out of the game straight away. And with the quality of forwards we have, teams will give us more respect yeah. and we can work our kickouts better yeah. on a shorter scale. Um, but other than that, I think it was about 75% yesterday uh, on our own kick-out. Man, is first all earned under severe pressure, very good.
1: What about What about the other side of the ball? I mean, like, like Kerry's setup was obviously, it was both teams were doing something similar, really. And it was this idea of pushing four guys along the 21 and your next line of four and then your next line. So you'd, you effectively had 12 Kerry players. And, you know, it, it just, it, it's really interesting to see Cluxton and, and you can nearly see his mind working through it. And he loses a couple of Jack Barry and, and you can see the short ones are putting guys under savage pressure. And then eventually, like, even though they're a man down, he he starts to figure this thing out they start finding areas where they're they're able to win ball and it and like to see him kind of think his way through that and and basically get the better of it in the second half because they won virtually all their kickouts in that second half like he's just he's still the master of 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 dealing with whatever's thrown against him isn't
3: he? I think he is I mean for me there's there's two phases to every kickout the first one is ball retention but the second one then is what you do with that so what's the outcome of it and I think that's probably where Dublin were a little bit more successful yesterday than Kerry with that that aspect of the game in that it's it's huge risk reward. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought it was very exciting to see twelve players yeah. you know pushed up into that half of the pitch and to look down and see two one Kerry defender against two Dublin mm-hmm. attackers and Shane Ryan coming out. But the difference was the outcome. Dublin scored one one directly off that press, you know, and in basketball terms at high crow press, it's all about risk reward. And if Kerry could have matched it the same, you know, off Dublins when then you say, well it broke even it was worth it. But I do think because Shane, yet, because he's still very young, doesn't have that kick that Murphy is talking about in his locker, I thought that favoured Dublin a little bit more. And I just don't know that Kerry need to commit so many bodies, particularly, you know, um, in that last bank, so that if it did break down, you know, one kick pass, you'll never run faster than it. Mm. And that's something that I think they'll, they'll look at the next day because I thought the irony was, just to, to wrap the point, they pressed more when they were 15 v 15 than yeah, they did yeah, when they were yeah. 15 v 14. And I thought that was very strange mm. because when you have an extra man, you, you should be afforded the opportunity to press higher and more aggressively. But they actually pull back from it. Mm. It's almost like they, they lost the nerve after the goal and the point. Mm. And, and that's something that they look at to improve on for the next day.
2: I do think there's a point there in our use of the extra man that we might get to later on that we, we can improve on. But for the two disappointing things about from Kerry's point of view, in that press, in the first half in particular, it was a very good press. It worked very well. It was very organised. We didn't do a lot with the ball that we got. Yeah. We didn't capitalise on it. We didn't get the scores. And as, as the whole half started developing and the, the game in general, Brian Howard was the outball for uh, Cluxon yesterday. And we had three big guys around the middle. And we, it's just a pity we didn't identify it, you know, that the lads in the pitch should have called it themselves and yeah. said, OK, this is probably going to go up to this guy. Some fella like Adrian Splann could have cut across him and swapped him in yeah. and just contested with him because I think he went up for a couple of balls with Jason Foley at one stage and um, with other lads who Gavin, wouldn't be as good Gavin, Gavin, like, Gavin, Gavin Hyde Mike, for the goal, who, wouldn't like, be, yeah. who wouldn't be as strong over their head let's say as some of our yeah. other lads like. and Howard is a key player for them and he played well yesterday but it's to get back to Cluckson though he sees this he sees everything like there was a couple of times yesterday, I thought, and again for Shane, it's impossible to see it. Paul Ganey was free out under the cues, extended once there of the second half. He was Mario tying his lace, It was a bit of a card, like he was there. It, it was, <laughs> he was, he was, he was on for a kick out, and Shane didn't see him. Cluxton would have seen it, but again, like you're talking about, a guy who's 37 here, who's yeah. 100 championship games yeah. played, like, you know, yeah, yeah, as against exactly. a rookie, like you know. Yeah. But um, Cluxon identified where he could kick it and where they had a better chance of winning it and
3: his kicks were on the money then. Yeah. And I think having Howard in that in that wing forward spot is critical for Dublin because a lot of people are so consumed with Fenton in particular and then you've Macaulay in there now as well. Um who who would really battle probably more so than James McCarthy when he's in midfield. So to be so preoccupied with those two, but then to have an outball in the likes of a Brian Howard. I mean, Mikko did it with a very young Dermot early in 98, where he brought him in as a wing forward. And he was a huge kick-out target for Kildare, you know, in their better years back then. And it's been around a long time, but Dublin used it well yesterday. And to be fair to Howard, he, he stepped up when he needed to, but I think he had three marks in the first half, yeah. uh, which is big, because he's a young player too.
1: Oh, you know? he is, but he's a class act, lads. He's mm. like he, he, and he never seems to get anywhere near the same kind of praise as the, as the rest of the Galacticos. But, like he's just so composed on the ball, and like that fetch alone was was just a class part of the game. It just and the transition. Like people talk about transition. If you want to know what transition is, like that 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 fifteen second clip of Jack McCaffrey exploding out of blocks, like he was in an Olympic hundred meter final, and just keeping going, keeping going, knowing there's a chance this ball will get to me. And when it does, nobody can catch the guy. He was just, it was great to watch. And for Kerry, you know, to learn and say, okay, if there's a clean catch, lads, somebody's got to commit a foul here. Somebody's got to slow the play and the two guys on the far side have to be sprinting back to to create a bit of cover and take a foul in that situation and not allow Mm -hmm. a goal. But I just thought it was just brilliant from Dublin the way that... They isolated you know, Howard in a one on one day hit him with ball and then they were just after the races with such clinical power. It was just it was great to see from, from that side of it as what well. What do you
0: think, uh, Mike or Morphe even in terms of Gavin White, I mean Gavin White was obviously going to be the designated motorbike, so to speak, for Jack McCaffrey, in the sense of it's one of those matchups that it's you know, it, it you, you, you felt on paper Morph it suited Kerry. I don't think it actually worked out that way at all. But, as I said myself even this morning, the problem when Gavin came off is the fact that you even removed that bit of a fig leaf and that problem is not going to go away. Just like the Johnny Cooper one, Keane, isn't going to go away for Dublin, the Jack McCaffrey issue is not going away for Curry, And he's getting to that point now where he's a special case situation. You've actually almost
2: got to detail something special for him. I don't know what you think of that. Yes, well, yes. You see, you... And you look at McCaffrey yesterday. You look at Brian Fenton yesterday, for example. Kerry, Kerry's plan, from what I could see yesterday, was, OK, that was different for the Jack Barry was there, David Mourne was there. There was always somebody on him. There was always somebody there on Fenton. You see, because sometimes where Fenton does well is he's playing middle of the field. You're not marking a defensive-minded player a lot of the time. So you actually get a bit more freedom coming from, from middle of the field than you would maybe from a half-forward position or whatever. So he, his late runs were tracked at all times might not always be by the same fella but he was accounted for at all times and you have to do the same with McCaffrey so you're talking to your bunch of players the next day and you're saying okay you've your matchups made out and look in the game things can get scattered like you know mm-hmm. fellas can like it was Gavin White as we said contested that kick out with um, with Howard yeah. somebody else has to say alarm bell ringing here McCaffrey's gone up the field I'm after this guy and it might mean me leaving my man up here, but somebody has to do it. Somebody else will take, look after him for me, but somebody has to do this. And you just need to get into that mindset with key players on the opposition team that aren't designated men to mark them, you know, as in a forward. And I think very difficult to do so, very easy to say so here, you know, but I think it's it's somewhere we can improve the next day. And the, and I think, just to follow on from Murph's point, this, this
3: is a huge conundrum for Kerry the next day because... I think in open play, it's easy to have a tagger on a certain player. It's, it's not necessarily easy to carry out the job effectively, but it's easy to identify someone and to make sure you do your job. For me, the conundrum for Kerry the next day is Dublin were incredibly smart. If you really study that game yesterday, the way Kerry played with their kickout press was a, a three bank press. You know, so they did 4 4 4, but that's zonal that has to be zonal because if it's not zonal, then people don't know where they should be at any one time for a kickout. So it's pre-programmed, it's learned, it's rehearsed, it's repeated. But McCaffrey didn't stay in seven. So McCaffrey actually started to drift infield to the top of the D, maybe looking for the short kickout, but also knowing that Gavin White couldn't follow him because if Gavin White followed him as a tiger, well, then they've broken their four-bank zone, you know. They're three-by-four. So that, to me, is the biggest conundrum because I think you could do as well as you could on McCaffrey in open play. If you're disciplined, then basically you say, I'm going to sacrifice myself. But what are you going to do for kickouts? You can't do both. So I think McCaffrey is more dangerous. Because I regard double kickouts as a set piece. Mm-hmm. That I regard, like, Cluxton is so good, it's a rehearsed play to get a score, phase two, not phase one. Um, and I think he's more dangerous when Kluxin has the ball at his feet than he is in open mm. play so
2: that's the conundrum yeah, next day. It's, it's it's a problem for them and the thing about McCaffrey as well is that I don't think it's actually enough to say that you're going to have a guy who's going to look after him you need a guy who's going to do damage going the other way mm-hmm. and like you look at Patrick Durkin uh, in the semi-final against Mayo he scored three points, two points, three, two points? He dropped two balls into the goalie's hands. And those two balls actually happened in this famous 10-minute press at the start of the second half. He could have ran in one for a goal, a goal chance, let's say. He had the, well, look, he could have done a way more damage than what he did on the day. So I just don't think Gavin will be disappointed with his, with his performance this morning because outside of anything else and him doing his defensive job McCaffrey, he just didn't play well. He didn't really give us anything on the ball himself. And that's what we need with McCaffrey the next day. Great, get a guy who's going to... Um, who's going to look after him but we need him to expend energy defending mm. and if that means you're playing wing forward and you're making runs in to the small square and you're not getting the ball that's fine you're making the run you're a threat you have to be accounted for he's your man nobody else is really going to do that for you in the Dublin system since Keanu Sullivan has gone off it so you, it's man to man stuff so he needs to make those runs. Whoever it's going to be the next day to engage McCaffrey and make him spend his legs defending.
1: Yeah. Has Has Paddy Durkin any Kerry grandparents or anything? No, there's no. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen in the next two weeks to get <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Durkin down into the mix. Like,
2: give us a week. I saw him in Dingle. there. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't have bought with Fungy, but like you're talking there, Morfin. It's a, it's a very valid point. Like I don't think Gavin White was actually man to man we'll say in the way that traditionally Jack Barry has done before with Fenton he wasn't in his even in general Paken, he wasn't up in his face no. saying you're not going to affect the play he was dropping back defensively and he was giving him loads of cushion and he was trying to help out so he, it, it didn't look like they were and maybe maybe the job that Paddy Durkin did on him against Mayo maybe lulled Kerry into saying maybe he's not the kind of a threat that that maybe he is. But after yesterday, that's not going to happen again. But like to your point, Murph, would it be better if Kerry said to Stephen O'Brien, "Go over there, that's your spot." Maybe, you know, we can look at different things after. Start Tommy, start somebody else. Stephen O'Brien is here. You're going picking up Jack McCaffrey, and your job is to keep him on the back foot for as long as you possibly can. And when he is the ball, you go and work with him and see see how far you get.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's definitely an option because Stephen is actually a very responsible uh, half hour defensively. Mm-hmm. And you'll actually see him a lot. Like, remember the goal against Tyrone? He was in a sweeping position there in the top of the D. Right. He takes up these positions uh, naturally enough. He's. Um, He's an honest guy, like, you know, he's a genuine player, like, he will do a job like that if you give it to him, and he has the legs to go the other way. Um, I'd say the argument for not doing it beforehand would be that they didn't want to expend his energy, do, you know, tracking back yeah. all the way after McCaffrey, but, as you say, McCaffrey probably had one of his poorest games in the semi-final, and he, without doubt for me, he was man the match yesterday, oh, you know, yeah. one three for him back in the Northern the final sensational stuff, you know, so, um, it's definitely an option the next day. Uh, and I think we're back into that whole risk-reward,
3: you know, about mm-hmm. the full core press or full pitch press and kickouts. But what I would say about that, if you do opt to go with that the next day, you have to give them the ball. Because Dublin love playing a help-defence system, you mm-hmm. know. So if the ball is coming down the left wing, you know, as in it's Carrier taking the ball down the left wing, well then Dublin 7, in this case McCaffrey, isn't marking. He's taken right back into the centre. So if you have someone detailed for that, and that's what Mayo did, they sought out Paddy Durkin. Mm. Every opportunity mm-hmm. they were trying to base their attack mm-hmm. towards trying to get the ball to him so he can do damage. Don't nullify Stephen, you know, who's been one of Kerry's greatest players this year, by putting him on McCaffrey and then not giving him the fucking ball. Yeah. You know, so you got, it's not as simple as that. You got to get him in the game, and yeah. McCaffrey doesn't like going backwards. No, and know? that's
1: and that's the thing. If you can, if you can. In that position, you have to feed him the ball and, and and get him to go at it, but you know and the the last thing on that kick out uh, press key while well, while we were just to wrap up on it the thing that i the, while while it's obviously huge risk and reward, the thing I think it succeeded in doing if if nothing else, it kind of unnerved Dublin a little bit at the start of the game they were saying this is this is bold like this is bold here from Kerry. they're they're not coming to kind of give us the ball and play with fifteen men behind the ball this is like, we're going to test you here and we're going to see, can you, can you win this and, and bait it out the middle for a few and, and test you. I just thought, like, to your point, Murphy, even more about Johnny Cooper, it, it, kind of, it kind of rattled them a little bit at the start and, and, and showed them something different from, from maybe what they've seen in their last couple of, of finals, you know?
2: But well, I think that was part of the whole mindset from Kerry yesterday. If you bear in mind with this Kerry team, there's no scar tissue there from the last mm-hmm. two or three years that the likes of Tyrone and Mayo... Galway might have you know this is a brand new carry team that haven't really come across dublin in a few years they haven't been you know like i mean it, it, it had yeah spooked is the word it, it isn't playing on their mind beforehand so to come up against a team like that when you're not used to it let's be honest what a dublin aren't used to being taken on like that and it's all credit to them that they actually responded to it when it did happen with 14 men but it was a sign of our mindset yesterday which was good that we were we were, we were going to take the game to them every chance we got and yeah. I think in the analysis on that, Mike, what Peter
3: Keane and his management team will be doing is looking at the first fifteen of the match when they had great success with that, but also the period just after the goal, because I think they won the next two kickouts, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even three. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just—it's almost like an inner dialogue to say, lads, we can do this. We've done it here. We've caused them problems. We've done it at this stage in a match. We've caused them problems. You know, repetition, repetition, get that confidence in their mind that when they do do it, they do ask a lot of questions. It's just when they switch off a little bit. Dublin can hurt you like no other team. So yeah. huge positives, in my opinion, to be taken out of that.
1: Yeah, and and like for Dublin again, and I mean both teams. Both teams are going to leave the game yesterday, uh, and and say we're in a good place. We're in a really good place. It's it's like that that draws just do that. And they, you know everybody would have had work booked off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The women are in the hotel with their hair and makeup done, ready with the goonas, and all of a sudden, <sighs> flat. The air's left out of the tires. You know, and but when the dust settles in a couple of days, both teams are going to say to themselves, "We should have won the game." But there's a huge scope for improving for for the next couple of weeks.
2: Huge, and you you look at it from the Kerry mindset after yesterday, like, and yes, of course, you're you've the whole week planned out in your head. We know it all well ourselves. Like you know, win or lose, you're going to be whatever. Like you're you're off work for the week, and you're you're either celebrating or you're commiserating with your teammates or whatever. But. I think it was at 17 of our lads that was their first All-Ireland final yesterday. Mm. They're getting their second one in a fortnight. This is, this is learning on the job for these boys. This is mana from heaven, from the management team and for the players themselves. You're talking about a real hungry, ambitious, ambitious bunch uh, who will take a lot. And yes, Dublin will take a lot from yesterday, uh, both tactically and from a personnel point of view. But for our lads yesterday, this is, this is you know a, a great learning experience.
0: I'm intrigued, lads, um, from the three of you, though, to to see how you would handle um, that sense, which, you know, everyone is talking here about all the great things Kerry did like, but we seem to be kind of overlooking one very important fact, is they left 2-5 after them in the first half. They, uh, The opposition had a man sent off just at halftime, which, while it gave Dublin that, 10, 15 minutes to reset themselves, it also gave Kerry that 10 or 15 minutes of how best to use it. They actually went five down, turned that around, went a point ahead in the 66th minute, got over the halfway line then once in the last 11 minutes, got no shot off, Mm. and obviously got no score. And you you can't, you know, unless you're not human, you can't come out of that... You know, I, I think the word blowing it is too strong. But I don't think you can come out of that, having played what they say is the greatest team of all time, had that opportunity to put them to the sword. And the bottom line is, didn't get it done, turned the ball over. I actually went through it last night five times in the last... Ele- no, I would say the Jonathan Lyon one on the sideline was a foul. That yeah. was an absolute free. I don't, that was a really, really... I don't know how the linesman Missed that and Let alone the referee But that aside It just looked to me Like it was a missed opportunity I think blown is too much So I suppose my question To you all is You know I mean I see Eamon Fitzmorris In the paper Even this morning Said like That process started Actually in the dressing room After the game Depending on what Peter Keane says But We've seen so many times, lads, over the years. I was driving in this morning, I was trying to think, when was the last time I, time I can remember a big game where an outrageous favourite got out of jail and didn't take, or didn't capitalise the second time around? So how does Kerry psychologically reset themselves now for the replay to say, OK,
2: we're good to go again? Like One, one, one point of it is, if you look at it from... Yes, valid points all in fairness. Like I mean, you know we we had a great chance to win the game yesterday and we didn't do it for a number of different reasons. But and I don't think it would have seeped into the players' thinkings during the week before the game. But you're going up to the All Ireland final and you're five to one against to win it. You're you're coming up against a team who are six to one on to win the All Ireland. You know, who are being quote co- who are being quoted yesterday morning in bookies outside Dublin that I was up to win eight in a row. Um, three to one to an eight in a row so look we're coming up here to face into that and we're competing we are now we now know that we're competitive against this you know against the team who are being and rightly if they win five in a row lads it's there in black and white the greatest team of all time so of course there's going to be a certain element of disappointment but don't worry the likes of Peter Keane and Tommy who I know well and he's a great man to get inside your head let me tell you um, will be working hard with their lads all this week, coming into this weekend before they start winding down next week again, accentuating the positives from yesterday, of which there were many, and fixing the areas where we need fixing. And if you look at it coming up yesterday morning, a lot of people thought, okay, we've great forwards, but our backs, there's worry about our backs. No, it actually flipped yesterday. I thought our backs played well. I would, we spoke earlier about our three marquee forwards. You'll be looking at Paul Ganey, David Clifford, and Stephen. Did any of them get six out of ten yesterday? I don't think so. So, the the things that we need to fix are very very fixable the management will get side the boys heads no problem at all i think anyway and but again obviously jim gavin is looking at the same thing for his boys but coming at it from a different angle you know like i mean they probably should be up in Smithfield right now or something doing their their celebrations. You know that's what they will be thinking as well. Like you know, so um, but no better man than Jim to get inside their head and get them going again. So I think from the management's point of view, it's accentuating the positives very much on the Monday and Tuesday, and then as the week goes on, you look at the areas that we need to improve on closer to the weekend, and you'll work on that over the weekend.
3: Yeah, I, I think as a manager, I agree with you, but I think as a manager, what you privately think. You cannot really infiltrate into your mind what you publicly say to your players um, unless everyone is on the same wavelength, you know. Um, I think to look and balance at what that very, very young Kerry squad, you know, 17 more that played their first All-Ireland, what they did yesterday and how they how they sustained that level of effort Over 77 minutes, I think, was a phenomenal achievement because, you know, physically, mentally, in terms of big day experience, they had a fraction of what Dublin had going into that match. And I think that's the first conversation. I think the second conversation is privately, I think Peter Keane and his management team would be really disappointed because I don't think, and I think Colin O'Rourke was the only one that actually got this last night in the Sunday game. Um, You know, and I was glad someone said it. I think you can't escape the fact that Dublin played 42 minutes with for 14 men. And if Dublin are the top team in the country and Kerry are the second best team in the country because they're both in the final, well, to play 42 minutes against 14 men and still, you know, at risk of losing the game due to a last kick, a last free kick opportunity... I think you need to be really disappointed with that. Now, I'm not saying that they can't turn it around and compete the next day, 15 v. 15. But I think that narrative has been lost somewhere. Um, And I think the same thing happened when Tip at Wexford in the Hurling semi-final. Wexford were five up against 14 men. And Tip lost. And everybody marveled at the brilliance of Tip that day. And they were phenomenal. And look what they did um, two weeks ago. But it was lost in the narrative that how is a team five points up against fourteen men and they lose a match? I think sometimes that can be lost, in in that's the difference for me between punditry and analysis. Mm. I don't think there's enough analysis on the game, mm. and I think that's where Kerry would be disappointed if I'm being honest. You know,
1: and uh, like how many times have we also seen a team go down to fourteen men and and they be the ones that actually do go and push on and, and win the game from a position? So, like I I just think those those kind of situations. That's not going to have much of a bearing, I don't think, on, on while it was unbelievable by Dublin to do what they did in terms of conditioning and their smarts and, and the experience, Tony, I think, was the big thing in the last ten minutes. Like that's where you really saw like Cluxton's hundred appearances. You saw, you know, Kilkenny, while he wasn't unbelievable. He was starting to get on ball and make things happen. Dean Rock coming around the shoulder and kicking over the bar. Like that was, you know, Kerry had Sean O'Shea nearly on his own at that stage in an attacking sense, trying to carry the fight and trying to get carry over the line. But Dublin had more of those guys with that big game experience who didn't panic, who who stayed composed, stayed in the moment and did the right things. And as Jim would say, trusted the process nearly to, to make sure that they'd get themselves over the line or get themselves at least on the line. Uh, I, I just think that... Like once, once that game is gone, lads, like fifteen on fifteen next time, doesn't mean that Dublin are going to win this game. Like I think Kerry were the ones that created at least four clear cut goal chances. You know, obviously, obviously uh, Jack McCaffrey's goal. Conor Callan had had a kind of a half chance, Mm -hmm. but Kerry were the ones creating the goal chances. How many shots? Clifford dropped a crucial one to the keeper's hands. He kicked another couple under no pressure that were just wide. I think I think both teams like are just in such a really good place going into it that it's easy more for the management to accentuate the positives and pick out the bits and pieces
2: these are the things that we really need to work on and we'll be in a good spot but like you would be looking out let's say Peter Keane and the lads and yes it will be 15 against 15 the next day but when it was 15 against 15 yesterday Kerry made three clear goal scoring chances yeah, okay. and we're actually I thought probably the better team on balance we just didn't take our chances you know um, when it was 15 against 15 so things like that are, are are what you know that they will be working hard on and that they'll be highlighting
0: to the players and you know with, with respect to, to all of you who, who have been in management,s like Players' heads, though, are players' heads. And if I was looking at the glass half full, if you're a player in that Kerry setup, and you look again with what Jack Barry did when he started yesterday, what Killian did when he came in, what Jack Sherwood did when he came in, what Tommy did when he came in, you know, Jonathan Lyne even made a contribution, Darren Minan got on ball even though he was only on for two or three minutes. If you are, Morph, going into training this week... Like there is now, you're looking at 2021 20, players who are saying, say, "I have a shout here. I have a shout here." That certainly that I'm going to get game time in the replay. And as Mike said, like you're talking about a second All Ireland final in the in the space of a matter of weeks. So in that sense, I mean, the players are certainly going to be buzzing. And in fairness to the management, and you mentioned Tommy and Peter, you know, when we will look back in two or three weeks' time at this year for Kerry, what you will say, massive kudos, you have to say to the management. I mean. Time and again, it's not a coincidence No, You know, any management can have a good day on the line or a bad day on the line. But in fairness to, to, to this Kerry management, they have now consistently over the summer made changes that have worked and bettered their situation. So you've got to say like that there's a good mindset going on now between the players and the management must be feeling pretty good about themselves. Not pat on the back good about themselves, but thinking to ourselves, okay, yeah, we're right in here.
1: There's a confidence in that, though. That's yeah. that's no no. There's belief growing there, like you know. There's there's a real sense of like a twenty or twenty one man group, and and while the calls have worked. It's those players who have, you know, who've really stepped up, and like it's great to see the likes of Jack Shaw. And I made the point before a guy who had a really bad experience above there when he came on to Mark McMenamin. In, mm-hmm. What was that? Thirteen. 13, Thirteen, and he got the, you know, went by him and he had a tough time. Like he's a big player now for Kerry off that bench. Yeah. In the same way that, uh, while maybe not as dramatic as Tommy Welch, it's a, he's a massive part. Killing the same. We spoke about him. It's just aware of those Dublin guys. Like I, I thought of Bernard Brogan like in that game when I when when Connolly came on and you're thinking, like, is that is that a right? Is that kind of you know, that's something, that's something there, Murph, that I still think had they lost the game, we'd be talking about was that a good call bringing Connolly back, or did it upset things a little bit? Because it was off a little.
2: But you look at a fellow like Bernard Brogan, who look we've seen so little of him, and of course when you're not seeing what's going on in training, you're only looking at it. 2 or 3% of it like he played above Noma he did okay if he came on as a sub yesterday Kerry would be worried straight yeah. away some guy you know there's going to be a bit of a kerfuffle in the sideline who's going to go into Mark Bernard like you know and that's value in itself for a sub coming on like that um, I honestly think as well that I think he would have done equally as good as some of the lads that they have there but you know again when we don't see what's going on there yeah. um, the Conley thing is interesting the Conley thing is interesting in the sense that um, you just wonder about the whole dynamic in their squad when you see players coming on and getting game time um, against other lads who haven't been getting it you know, and who've been putting in the, the hard yards all year long. But look, that's something for themselves that I'm sure that they've squared that off with their bunch. Uh, back to our own bunch, what I would say about the week with the players, you'll see the likes of uh, David Mourne, uh Tommy Welsh, real senior experienced players. We'll be talking to a lot of the younger fellas today and, and then the next few days in their groups and they'll be telling them, you know, about, yes, how good we did, the few things that we can do better, but they'll be boosting confidence. And I think the confidence that Kerry got from yesterday, both on the line and on the pitch, is going to be huge for us bringing it forward into Saturday week. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think Kerry in a great position.
3: I really do. I think... I think the one thing that Kerry will gain from yesterday is that they can go toe to toe with Dublin. You know, even take them, the extra man out of it. I think when it was 15 v 15, they probably played their better football. You know, they had, to, if you think of those goal chances, they were all first half goal chances, the penalty, uh, first half, and Dublin were still at 15. I actually think they played better football when they were toe-to-toe with them. And I think that's a huge positive thing to bring a young group of players into two weeks of preparation for the next day. Now, to offset that, I think Dublin will be looking back at that match and saying, we will never play that bad again. And even playing as bad as we did, because I, I don't think they, they were clicking yesterday at all. I I think they looked edgy. They shouldn't have been, as you said, uh, Murph, but they they were edgy, I feel. They just, they weren't as smooth. You know, I thought the pace of their game in the first half, you know, wasn't what it normally would be. Their movement up front. um, And I think we still did what we did with 14 men. So, lads, let's go and finish the job. I think that's what their mindset is yeah. going to be. But back to the bench... I mean, I think there's two things at play here. I'm kind of a bit tired of the whole, you know, Brogan narrative and O'Gara narrative. The bottom line is the only person that knows what's best to do here is is Jim Gavin and his management team. Um, And we have no idea what's going on in training, how much off it they are, how far away are they being tattooed in training, you know, by Fitzsimons and Johnny Cooper. I don't know, but I suppose in the back of my mind, what I'm thinking is Jim is empire building here mm-hmm. um, and he's making a ruthless decision that he's going to bring in Young O'Kofig and one or two to the 20s, not because they're going to get pitch time, because he wants those guys to experience and live what it is to be in these big matches. So next year they're the guys that are going to be stepping into the 15 maybe you know and mm. ruthless as that is to be, to be honest you can't fault Jim Gavin at this stage and, and what he's achieved you know um, and it wouldn't surprise me if there
1: was a zero change to the bench the next day to be honest you know um, he backs him like, I mean, and, and that was probably even a part of it with the Cooper thing he trusts his players like to, to make those good decisions when those situations and um, like I, it was interesting. more if I was looking just at at, at David Mourne and the change, obviously that everybody it was probably the worst kept secret around the place that Jack Barry was was obviously going to start and 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 take up um, Brian Fenton. And while he didn't have him, you know, for the entirety of the game, he certainly you know shared most of the duties with with David Mourne. That battle between himself and uh, between Macaulay and and Brian Fenton and David Mourne and Jack Barry. Uh, what way? I mean, obviously. Morn was probably the dominant personality of the four, which was probably a surprise because Brian Fenton has been playing lights out football. Uh, and McCauley I thought, really looked kind of, um, it was probably his poorest game of, of the year. He looked a little bit lost. Jack Barry skinned him at one stage and, and took off. And I think Barry out of the four was the big, big surprise for a guy who hasn't played any football. We haven't seen him all year and he came out catching ball and, and, and wrecking around the place and had a big impact on the game.
2: I look at Jack Barry and I think he's he's the potential there to be a really really good Kerry footballer. Um, consistency has been his problem in, in the last couple of years. He played against played against Kildare last year in Killarney. First half he was anonymous. Second half he clearly got um you know a bit of a touch. bollocking, a, a touch at the half time inside the dressing room, and uh, he came out and. Um, an outstanding second half. I was there looking at this one. I says, and I was actually very frustrated watching him. I says, where were you in the first half? Where were you the week before? Do you know? And he has it in him, all right. It's just that consistency of performance. I thought he was excellent yesterday. He caught two kickouts from um, from Kluxen in the first half. First ball he got under the Q's extend, as you say. He ran in behind McCauley and let him know, come here. This is what I'm going to be doing all day. And what are you going to do about it? Like you know. And for a guy who's played so little football all summer. And um, he was really good. He really added something to the mix. And I was sceptical about playing Adrian Spillane as well from the start when I saw the change that was made. But in fairness to the boys, that worked out very well, too. Mm-hmm. I thought Adrian did exactly what he was um, meant to do out there. He worked. He put in a savage shift out there. You know, his work rate is off the charts, turned over a couple of balls, which is great and looks well. But his tackling, his tackle count, I would imagine, would be very high. And he gave us something a little bit different at a time when we needed to keep things as tight as we possibly could. So when you're looking at those two lads coming through for Kerry... It's it's huge. It's huge that we have other guys now. Like, we were very dependent on David to play that footballing side of it uh, for us, which is what midfield is turning into, by the way, lads. it is days of plucking 70-yard balls out of the cloud or gone. It's your general link-up play now is huge. And are you going to take the ball off the backs and slip it onto your forwards or are you going to drive on yourself? That's what a lot of midfield play is now. And David did that very well yesterday and Jack complimented it.
1: J- just on the Jack Barry thing before I go off it, Murph, what, you, you just said it's, it's about his consistency or, or you know... Like what is it that that is lacking? I mean, this is his what? No,
2: fourth, fifth, fifth year involved. He came in in seventeen, so uh, seventeen. Seven, he wasn't there in sixteen. No, no. Okay. Um So it's his third year. Like, it's but like, year sometimes it can ju- it can just be experience, you know, yeah. that kind of way. Like, and um, it it could just as you get older, you learn some. You, you look yeah. at the Sean Shea, Is of this world who take to the thing like a doctor Water straight away. Sometimes it can take them a year or two before yeah. they get fully up to speed, and you know, I. I think one thing with Peter Keane and with the management team I think for our players it's very clearly explained what's expected of them out in the field Mm. so your job is very well defined and I think that can give clarity to a player too sometimes you know Mm. and I think Jack could be somebody who's benefiting from that yeah
0: interesting confidence um a striker lads everybody talks about like you know a striker has to be you know scoring goals for confidence and sometimes you know the confidence dips and they go through a rut and you know one bounces off their backside and goes in and they're off and running again i was i was very interested uh, more last night just driving down thinking about paul Ganey because you know i mean like he's a supreme finisher you know uh, I, he strikes me as a forward who doesn't lack confidence, but in a good way, in the sense of he'll keep going, you know, he's the fact that things are going wrong for him. A day like yesterday, uh, where's his mind after a day like yesterday? Because, you know, finishing scoreless, which is very unusual for Paul in the first instance, you know, I, I, looking at it last night, I actually wouldn't necessarily blame him for the chance that Sean O'Shea put him, because he did put it in an area, but it's just that Jack McCarthy happened to be there. The penalty was poor. I I can't for the life of me, and this is another topic. I can't understand why he was taking the penalty. I don't see Paul Ganey as a penalty taker. And even right back to your times, I remember like saying to myself, you know, the penalty taker, the whole penalty taker thing. I don't know. Is it sometimes left a bit vague in management teams? I mean, for me, Sean O'Shea should be the designated penalty taker. For me, I mean, and especially you know, yesterday proved the day he was having. So I'm just wondering, does that knock? Paul at all in terms of what happened yesterday. What kind of a Paul Gainey are we going to get on September 14? Is it?
2: Well, for uh, look and no more than some of the other lads who didn't play great yesterday. And Paul would be one of them. He'd admit that himself. You know, um, I think they'd be absolutely delighted that the game ended in a draw. In some regards, no, you've got a chance here. Let's say if Dean Rocket kicked that last free yesterday. This is what this is what the mindset. of no, these lads are like that's going to be a long year and a long winter thinking about my stinker in the All-Ireland finals, you know? And they have a chance now on Saturday week to make up for it again. We've seen it with Paul in the Munster Championship Games. He wasn't great. He, he played poorly enough, I thought, in the two games. But he's been excellent since then in all the games. And this is a chance for Paul to come out and show what he's really made of the next day. Uh, the other side of it is with our bench strengthening um, with Killian and Tommy doing so well off the bench, I doubt if it needs to be said. I don't think the management will say it, but uh, poor performances from our forwards I don't think won't be tolerated as long as they were yesterday. Yeah. You know. So um, that's the other side of the sword as well, you know, for for boosting motivation for those lads and getting the confidence up again. Um,
1: Murph, to be fair, and Tony, I know he wasn't great and by his own standards he wasn't you know, he wasn't close to that. And while he wasn't a scoring threat, so- he still, he still got on, you know, he you know, he still got on ball. He was still a, an outlet at times and he played some some decent passes. He showed a bit of experience. I don't, I, I think what he was missing, like if he had got the penalty, mm. you might have seen him finish with 1-2, with 1-3 one, one, and, and he's waving to the crowd after. I don't think he's the kind of fellow who would let that really uh, knock him so much. The guy is, he has that kind of... Uh, not arrogance, you know, he has that real good player arrogance about him. So I, I think no more than Jack McCaffrey in the semi final when he was below his own standards, but, you know, under under Paddy Durkin. I think you'll see all of those guys, including those Dublin fellas, who who are absolutely delighted that this thing finished in a draw, like you say, because now I get to redeem myself. I get to say, I get to do what Jack McCaffrey did from semi-final to final. I get to show you how good I really am. So I think David Clifford will have that feeling. I think, you know, Paul Ganey will have it. Conor Callaghan, Paul Mannion. Paul Mannion must be disgusted with himself. The year he was playing, you know, he's, he's looking at player of the year and suddenly he's getting taken off.
0: And he's ballooning. What's up happening here, here you know? Here.
1: Uh, so I think there's so many of those guys are gonna just be so happy to have two weeks ahead to say this is, how, this is how I really play, Laz, and, and here it goes, you know?
3: And I, I think that's what's so exciting about the replay, isn't it? That yeah. There were so many, what you might call, underperformances yesterday from players that every one of us, as well as neutrals, me and Tony, supposed suppose, being the neutrals, we were really looking forward to seeing these big, big players. Well, sorry, Tony adopted. <laughs> she, I better mind myself there. <laughs> um, I mean, to see these guys that didn't play to their level, you know, come back the next day and, and really have a point to prove, you know. Paul being one of them, I, I'm with you on that, Mike. I actually thought Paul did a huge amount of work off the ball. Mm-hmm. It's not as if you're looking back and saying, Jesus, um, he had an absolutely superb game at McFitt He was bursting up and down the pitch. Paul kept him occupied. I thought he created space. If you look for some of the close-in scores from Sean O'Shea came from, That was because of great play from Sean O'Shea, but also because Paul was trying to clear out the full back line to create space for the rest of the carry forwards, you know. Um, And McCarthy's save on the line, that was was luck. Uh, Well, it was great defending, but it was bad luck for Paul because when he picked up that pass, that corner was open. But by the time the ball dropped the foot, McCarthy had come across brilliant defending, and that could have changed his whole game. You know, there's big moments in games yeah. where a player just needs something to jolt him into action. Um, and the reason I said earlier on that he will have a big game the next year is I've never seen Paul underperform two games in a row. Mm. You know, I know he'll be back because he's a phenomenal talent and a great leader. Um, he's still relatively young, Murph, isn't he? For, you know, for, for this group of players that are so young, as a leader in the forward line, he's, he's still relatively young
2: in the, uh? the late 20s yeah, 28, 29. I'd yeah. say yeah, um, yeah. And like the thing is as well with Paul and Sean Che yesterday, they, they've it's happened in a lot of the games. They do swap mm-hmm. uh, for periods of 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 time, um, which lets I think it gives Sean as much of a break as anything else, you know. And he, he is a threat close to goal as well. Look, that's exactly that's the way it's going to have to be for Paul the next day. He did get on a lot of ball. He'll be disappointed today in his own mind, you know, with with, with what happened yesterday. But he's been given a great opportunity here mm. to come back out at it again. And again, but the flip side of it is again, you're looking at both sets of backs again the next day. Like, you know, yeah. um, okay, we quite in the months. Can we do it twice? You know, which Paul's man will be saying and the other lads will be saying as well, you know. So it's, again, it's gonna, it's all going to lead into yeah. another massive day out the next day. What'll be fascinating just on the, on the backs and the forwards is
3: what's Gavin going to do about Cooper? You know, because if he, if he switches for timers across, he's saying that... OK, we don't feel you're up for this because of what happened the last day. If he leaves him on, he's saying, well, that was almost a, a blip, you know, and you can take care of him. But then if um, Clifford gets the first couple of balls, kicks a couple of scores, Cooper's inner dialogue must be saying, Jesus, I'm in trouble here. I struggled the last day, now I'm struggling the next day. As a manager, that's a big, big call to make because there's that trust communication between you and your players. Um, you're trying not to knock his confidence, but at the same time you're trying to give him you know, that kind of uh, springboard to be better than you were the day before.
2: I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen there. I do think that Dublin will try and give their full-back line a little bit more cover the next day. Um, now, how they work that is another thing with the personnel that they have, whether we see Aquino Sullivan coming in, if he's fully fit or not. Um, but I do think they're not going to leave them as exposed. They might try and... I won't say cheat off one of the carry half-forwards, but maybe um, drop another man back onto him and try and get somebody in off, off, yeah. off to give a little bit more cover to uh, Johnny Cooper. Yeah. But... Like, if you're in the carry management and you look at the ball that Paul... One good thing that Paul did yesterday was the body put in for the penalty, mm-hmm. which was an excellent ball. And, like... Yeah, he looked for it, didn't he? He did. Yeah, and yeah, Clifford yeah. had that situation, the control inside yeah. there, like, you know. So... Yeah. um, And that was clearly a pre-rehearsed um, yeah. move that the boys did, you know. So yeah. um, I would expect another body to be in front of that if that happens the yeah. next day.
3: The Kino um, Solve one's an interesting yeah. one because, I don't know, we were all there early, I'm sure, yesterday. Just before the ball was thrown in, before the parade... I was thinking, is there going to be a change here? Because I saw him go over and talk to Jim. Then he went and talked to the medical team and Daniel David, a nutritionist. And I said, is there going to be a parade here and then a switch beforehand? Obviously, there wasn't. But what I feel looking back in it now is uh, I think he picked up a knock or a niggle because why was he not brought in to be that extra man? And I, I think, yeah, he wasn't right. He was under 26, but I think he wasn't right. And that's why he didn't feature yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's interesting and, and we don't know obviously, but it like that 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 is what's going to make the next two weeks so so interesting. You know, like Jim Gavin and Jason Sherlock and Darcy, they're all they're sitting down now watching exactly the high behind camera shot of how Kerry set up that press. How what can we do here to guarantee ourselves some more ball? They'll be looking at those different matchups, they'll be thinking, Do Kerry start Tommy Welch? Do they start Killian's plan? Do they take Gavin White out of there and play, you know, another kind of real attacker who's going to put Jack McCaffrey on the back foot. If they do, who is the guy that we can help off? Because that doesn't really exist now if you've got six guys that are capable threats. And it's just, it's going to be that cat and mouse for the next two weeks to see what exactly we can, what adjustments and improvements we can make to make sure that we get ourselves in this position again, that we can we can seal the deal.
3: Yeah, because what Dublin are very, very good at is they're very good at predicting what the opposition team are because they've been around so long. I mean, they're playing into September every year. They've played every one of the top teams over and over again and have beaten them over and over mm-hmm. again. They're going to predict, in my opinion, that Stephen O'Brien is going to go on to McCaffrey. You know, that's going to be one of their, their default kind of um, potential scenarios. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say, right, if O'Brien's on McCaffrey, obviously, Jack, you're going to have to be you know very focused on this. How are we going to circumnavigate around that? You know, what are we going to do? And they're going to come up with another game plan. And maybe it could be someone, you know, totally unexpected that's going to have a detailed role to be breaking forward at speed, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So whatever Kerry do, you can be sure that Dublin, with their experience on the pitch and on the sideline, are going to have another scenario, you know, to work off. And that, to me, is the most fascinating thing in the next two weeks. We just don't know.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, Cian I guarantee you one thing the Dublin management will do is they'll actually say to themselves we need to stop putting the ball in the hands of Sean O'Shea from Place Balls I don't think we could let today go, guys, without I mean, he was 21 in July I just think the guy. I mean, it's funny in the build-up to the final. I mean, in in our own newspaper and several other newspapers, you know, you were seeing people picking their all-stars before the final, and like Sean O'Shea really was on very few teams. And I'm kind of going, like, seriously. I mean, the consistency of this guy. He was twenty for most of the championship. I mean, is just remarkable. He literally, he literally didn't miss one kick yesterday from play or from freeze. So that certainly, Kian. from what your point about like, the meticulous detail that Gavin and his team, they actually are going to be looking at Sean O'Shea A, from play and saying, OK, James McCarthy, is that working? Is it not working? And B, you know, we absolutely cannot commit anything inside our own forty five, whether it be by foul or an actual forty five. Because this guy is just incredible. I don't know what you think. I thought the guy was like he was nine out of ten stuff yesterday. Outstanding
2: like and it's yes, they will say that. It's it's you look at the way some of our forwards play though and they're inviting fouls. They're they're giving you the chance to foul them. It's it's the easy thing to do is foul them because they're attacking weak shoulders. They're driving in goal side and either you're going to you're you really need to be on top of your game as regards your defensive work, as moving your feet to get across in their way and using your hands. Otherwise, it is going to be a foul a lot of the times. And, I, 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 yeah, I, well, obviously, Sean is just one of, I think he's such an outstanding leader. For, for a chap who's only just turned 21, for a young fella like that, he's a leader in our team. He's a joke, Murph. He's a leader on our team. And at that age... It's a joke. At that age it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's you know that you look you know the setup there most wow. fellas when they come in as young fellas like there's a certain there's a certain way this thing works like you know
1: i couldn't believe it i honestly couldn't believe i thought his performance was was outrageous like yeah. you know you're talking about leadership just take nothing except the place balls mm-hmm. that he kicked yesterday i was saying he's due one, he, he's due mm-hmm. a miss like he's due a miss he's going to miss it he's due it just didn't come it just didn't come. And like, and then to say, okay, in the second half, now no, I'll show you what I'm going to do from play. Like the point he got from Tommy Welch's uh, more putting put in a great ball over the top. Tommy won it and slipped to Deshaun. That was an incredible score. Yeah. Yeah. Like with an angle, a tiny little window to put the ball. And I was waiting. I was just waiting for David Goff to make the big box sign and call down Hawkeye. But it never came. Yeah. Like I was saying, how did he slip it over with, between four dubs? Like running away from goals. Just incredible... Composure and classy, and he's kind of been in the shadow of David Clifford, mm. you know, since he came on the scene, which is obviously only two two years. But it's Clifford, 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 and and then O'Shawn's oh, pretty good too. But like this guy is outrageous. He's an outrageous footballer. He's an amazing tackler, and and the work rate now up to that last one where like we were talking about, he was just out on his feet, and he and he, and he made a I don't know was it a calculated decision to to, to foul him right there? Yeah. But funnily enough. And as good as Dean Rock was, and Dean Rock had a really, really good game as well yesterday. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, is probably always in the shadow of you no know, Conor O'Callaghan and Paul Mannion. I would have fancied Sean O'Shea with that free that, that he had from that spot, um, and and like he's just an amazing weapon for Kerry to have now. That if you commit a foul on the likes of Clifford or Stephen O'Brien, who who like you say are great at drawing these fouls. You chalk it up; it's a score. He's not gonna, he's not gonna miss. now. and and it's just what a performance for your first all Ireland final yesterday it was awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, and what impressed me most was he's known for his, you know, his free taking from his forty fives, and probably we haven't seen enough of him kind of develop and flourish from play, or else he is being overshadowed. But I thought what he did yesterday, like that particular score, for me, the speed that that was dropped from his hand to his foot, and to still have the presence and composure. At a tight angle to get that over the bar, I thought it was phenomenal, and he probably did things yesterday that I hadn't seen him do enough of up to now. And um, he was eighty three percent from from set pieces, from frees and forty fives, unbelievable percentage that's only surpassed by by Dean Rock. Um, but the step up the way he did yesterday, I guaranteed Dublin weren't expecting that they were Mm -hmm. so caught up in Ganey and Clifford inside Mm -hmm. I think they got caught cold by what Shawnee shaded yesterday and um, I think he'll he'll be earmarked differently the next day no doubt you know but I think you have to flip it aside for Kerry as well I mean Dean Rock kicked seven frees you know, Dublin scored 116, so you have to factor that in as well. And as quiet a game as it looked that Con Callahan had, I think he was fouled, was it three times? Yeah, he was you know, a threat. He was a threat all day, and those frees were just banged over the bar, you know, free, free, free from Dean Rock. So Kerry need to be aware of that too, I think.
1: And the matchups, lads, like, you know, like Tom Sullivan, like who, as we've mentioned before, like did an incredible job on Jamie Brennan, did a brilliant job on Peter Hart, like, Jesus, how much has he gone up in the estimation of people now to say, here you go, take a Conor Callan for yourself in an All-Ireland Final and see if you can quieten him. And while he was a constant threat, he wasn't He, wa- he wasn't like killing you in the same way that he did to Lee Keegan and Mayo in the second half. Uh, and I just thought, again, Tom Sullivan, while he was constantly under pressure and he was sailing close to the wind, the guy just again added to his reputation as, I'm a good attacking halfback but Jesus, I'm a decent man-marker as well. And, and Morley, the same on Manion. and There was a lot of those guys really added to their reputation defensively and, again, is another thing that Kerry will take forward in two weeks to take a lot of confidence
2: from. What impressed me with the likes of Tom Sullivan, and it has impressed me all year and Morley as well, is the discipline they show in their game. Because you look at these guys, they're attacking half-back players. That's really their game. But they've worked so hard in the defensive side of the game and now that's their main focus. And there was a couple of times yesterday I was watching Tom and... The old Tom would have gone. He would have gone a couple of times up the field, just, you know, kind of chasing after an airy fairy ball that might he might have had no he might have got on it and it might have worked out. But I can see the mindset now has changed. He still gets forward when the opportunity presents itself. And if you look at the second half of the Donegal game, when Donegal moved Jamie Brennan from corner forward out to half forward, it was a mistake Mm -hmm. by their line because it brought Tom into the game and he attacked up the field and got a few scores and set up a few scores like so he's he's turning into our go to man marker in the full back line. Which is a which is a great thing to have that you have a guy like that. Um Callan is a handful though lads, because he's so direct. He's so direct. His first instinct every time he gets the ball is goal. And Dublin will try and get more players coming off of him. I thought that's where they they could have done a little bit better yesterday, and they're usually very very good at it. Is um, having options off the guy who's going straight to goal left and right that they, mm. they can slip and they do get scores off of that, but it's something they have to watch over. And I I think I agree with everything Murphy's saying there. I I don't think it should
3: go unnoticed that you know as brilliant a job as this Kerry group of players and management team are doing. For me, a lot of the platform for these young guys coming through was the way Eamon introduced him over the last number of years as well. And, you know, I know Jermud was part of the the management team in terms of the development squad. So to have the foresight that we have a crew of guys coming through with multiple minor and 20 All-Irelands for some of them they may not be ready to step up the senior straight away so to have a little development squad in the background there great idea but a lot of these guys cut their teeth over the last two years you know which um, you know I thought was overlooked quite a lot and now Peter Keane and his management team are reaping the benefit mm-hmm. of the process of bringing these guys through um, and with the exception of Sean O'Shea and obviously Clifford who are on a different level you know not having kind of the you know, the, the blink of vision to say, bring them all in at the one time, throw them on the field and they'll be ready. I think these guys have been nurtured over the last two or three years and and that's why they're performing, what I would say, way beyond their years,
2: you know, because of the journey they've come through. And just the last point of that, the other side of that, keen as well as the S&C work that these fellas have been exposed to over the last couple of years, you're looking at lads like Shawnee Shea, who's, who's still actually an under 21, mm-hmm. an old, old school, school old under money. 21, yeah. you know, uh-huh. and he can physically compete at that level out there, which is something, let's say, young Kerry lads going back eight or nine years wouldn't have been able to do at that age. So it's a tribute to the work that's gone into them uh, from a conditioning point of view as well over the last few years. Yeah, I think it's worth
0: pointing out, lads, as well, given that we've so many members of the so-called Kerry Mafia, media mafia, in the room. Um, Like David Goff yesterday, um, I thought was really, really, a really, really good guy. I mean... It's very easy at half 11 last night with the remote control in your hand to go through, you know, to go through stuff. I must admit, I thought Tom Sullivan deserved a second yellow. But having seen it last night again, I think 50-50, I was 100% certain that Stephen O'Brien's was a penalty with Jack McCaffrey. But then when you see it last night, I thought the foul actually started outside the actual square. I, I think it was a free... I think on all those ones... Okay, you know... if You are you can quibble about the Jonathan Lyon one at the end... And I think Mike made a very fair point... The easy... Not the easy, sorry... The... What's the best word I'm looking for? The... Um,
1: the easiest one for him to... No, win. no, yeah... I'm, I'm
0: looking for a different word than easy... But I'm talking about like to square it up... Yeah. yeah, that second yellow would have been... Let's face it... I would say 75% of referees... Would have whipped out that yellow... Yeah... He took a moment... He was under pressure before this game he took a moment though there I thought he got the decision right I must admit I really thought and I know that Keane, I didn't see it but I heard there was an awful lot of discussion in the RT studio yesterday about wrong calls and right calls I think it's fair to point out that I think he got nearly all the big calls right he won't do the replay obviously because the GA don't allow that but I do think it's, it's right and proper to say that he got the big ones right
3: yeah, I, I thought at the time I was over in the lower Hogan, so it was the other side of the pitch, and I thought straight away, he's gone. Yeah. You know, I just turned to my wife and said, he's gone. And then when I thought a replay, I said, that's a brilliant call. Because I looked from afar, he caught him by the neck, but he actually didn't. He yeah. just had his arm around kind of by, you know, under, yeah. underneath his yeah. shoulder, like, you know. Um, and I, I thought that was a brilliant call because human nature probably would dictate, bang, you're gone, yeah. you know. But um, as I said, I, I do think he was a bit harsh in the first half because I didn't think that was a yellow, um, but I thought he was spot on there. I thought it was a really good call.
1: Yeah, and like that whole like I got a message I, I, from a person who shall remain nameless at the time of the sending off, who said, "If Kerry win this, you know, you've contributed with the Kerry mafia, and you, you know all this kind of nonsense." I
0: like the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, like I don't know who you know. Like, we we won't coordinate our sources, but like I think the guy the guy did a good job I think the, the biggest compliment you can ever pay a referee after a game like that is we're not really talking about him I know that the sending off and you know the, they'll have a, they'll be saying about Tom Sullivan to balance the books he wasn't a big factor in the game I thought he allowed the game to flow I thought the players were the ones that dictated everything that went on the vast majority of his calls were, were, were spot on and you'd be nitpicking to say that he really affected the outcome of the game thought he had a, had a fine game which he was which you know he was probably the best referee all year despite the issues that were raised about his where he was living and working the guy performed as well as the best players that were on the pitch and and he added to the occasion and, and and certainly you know I don't think anybody would have any complaints with his performance really Murph
2: no 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 none at all none whatsoever like he got he got the majority of the big calls right and again you hit the nail on the head there as regards letting the game flow you see there's one thing I notice about refereeing this is kind of Just an old personal viewpoint anyway on refereeing in All-Ireland Finals. Don't worry, I will. But um, (laughs) the refereeing in All-Ireland Finals is much better than it is during the year for the simple reason. The pressure is off the referees. Mm. They're being monitored above and there's some guy with a clipboard and a pair of glasses and he's ticking kind of XYZ for all these guys all year long, monitoring them, measuring them. Um, as you would in any work or any job really uh, with the ultimate um, end point of getting the All-Ireland final then when they actually get the All-Ireland final they go out and they referee the game like they would normally with a bit of common sense and a bit of cop on and you know yeah. if it was a free yesterday blue would, and if it was <coughs> marginal most of them he left them go which both teams would have cribs in after the game but it contributed to a much better game and all decisions mm-hmm. leveled themselves out 50-50 you know so I think he, he he had a good game he got most of the big calls right and he contributed to it being an enjoyable spectacle
0: Lads, for the own experience in these matters can you explain to me the difference between a take and a yellow card for that, that O'Sullivan one like how what what would take that over the line to be in a to be in a yellow second yellow
3: out in the rule book i mean there's a list of infractions the more than there is for a black card for a red card for a yellow card um one of the one of the um, criteria for a yellow card is persistent fouling Um, which used to be three, and now they're putting it down to two from what I can see from referees, one more. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of other, you know, kind of fouls, like an aggressive foul, but not deemed to be red card worthy. Um, So the rule book has them listed there, all right, you know, but I suppose that's the problem, you know, it's the gray area, isn't it? And it's interpretation and the subjectivity of it, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for me, the second call was a brilliant call. I just thought the first one was, was harsh. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a big conversation over I just felt it was harsh because was it a yellow? If it happened anywhere else on the pitch, was it a yellow? And if it's not a yellow, well, then the card stays in the, in the pocket, you know? Like,
1: if you pull back a guy who's gone past you, is that automatically a yellow? Jersey? Yeah, yeah it
0: should be. But who is that? Who was
1: that? But hadn't Sullivan, I mean, he'd gone, he's gone. He's true
2: on goal there, hasn't isn't he? And hasn't he got to be a...
0: Two on mm. goal.
1: Two
2: on goal.
0: that's on goal. Do you know, in fairness though, so,
2: Larry, I would say no more than ye. When I saw that, and again, I was in the upper Hogan, when I saw that Absolutely. straight away, I said, he's gone. I was sitting next to William Kirby, actually. Yeah. I turned to William and I said, he's gone. You know, but when he didn't give it straight away, then you're kind of saying... And they actually showed it on the big screen, which is which something... Which one, now? The, sorry, the, yeah, the Tom Tom Tom's yeah, second yeah, yeah. one that um, has, potentially again. could have been a yellow card, you know. Yeah. But when they showed it on the big screen, then you say, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked. But um, in fairness to Goff, he took time, he took a he took he a did. second, instead of maybe just bringing the card out straight away. Um, but I do think maybe that's a little bit of luck that we had yesterday that maybe other days didn't go our way. Like, you know, yeah, you
1: know. I probably so. And look... It'll be it'll be like who'll get the who'll get the final will be an interesting one and and you know we'll check his his work address and and where he's living <laughs> and all that but that's not like you know heroes, it, it, it may not be but it'll be it'll be. Again, it's not going to be the thing that determines who wins or loses the game. It's going to be all about the adjustments that Peter Keane and these guys do, how their bodies recover over the next two weeks, and how this whole process is mentally framed and how you can take so many positives out of it. I, I, I still think you know, Dublin are looking at it saying, it's so easy for them to build on this and say, lads, we played for 40 minutes against the supposed best team in the country or the second best team in the country, and we should have won the game. You know, that's their that's their whole framing of it. And Kerry have the opposite saying, lads, we're after wasting at least four goal chances. We've missed points that we'd kick over with our eyes closed in Killarney, loads to build on, let's have at it for two weeks and, and, and see where yeah, we go.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I agree, Mike, there's pluses, you know, you can you can come into this with the glass half full or you can come into it with the glass half empty. I I think the top and the tail of it for Dublin is they know that there is more in the tank It's a question of whether they have it within themselves and whether Kerry are actually going to allow them to actually, you know, make the improvements that that they need. We're we're all assuming, guys, that Dublin will 100% get better. They will get better. But that's not... Where is that written? You know, I mean, you'd think at this stage, as you you said, Keen, they've played all the big teams, they've been there, they've been there on the big occasions. You know, we've also got to remember, like, yeah, they have, but you're going back to 2011, 2012, 2013, you know... There's a lot of mileage there, and that's really more. That's the reason I raised the whole issue about Kerry's psychology for the replay. I think if Kerry's psychology for the replay on Saturday week, whatever it is, is okay, let's get out there and let's get among them, I, I give Kerry a massive chance. If Kerry, if that little bad smell is hanging around in the back of their head, is oh man, did we blow? What a chance we blew. Then, you know, no, I'm saying if it is there. You said, you know, I mean, if it is there, and I know it's all great to say management can do this, that and the other. You know, humans are humans, players are players, young fellas are young fellas. And I, I think that I think the winning and the losing of the replay is down to the fact of how quickly Kerry
2: can eradicate that bad smell. Uh, yeah, and like the one thing about Kerry all year long in the championship is that they've improved game on game. Yeah. Yeah. Every game they play... They take their lessons from it. They learn from it. They improve and they move on. And obviously collaboratively with the players and the management as well. And they're going to take a lot out of yesterday. There's a lot that they will learn from We when we were playing Seamus Mine And he, his great saying was, the team who learns most from the draw game wins a replay. Mm-hmm. And I do think when you look at it, when you look at what Kerry can do and the things that they can do differently, and obviously Dublin will be the same. Dublin will improve the next day, there's no doubt about it, but I'd be fairly certain so will our lads.
1: Yeah, like Michael Fitzsimons, David Byrne, John Small aren't the type of defenders that they've had for the last for the last 10 years. Kerry, Kerry will know that, they'll know that the reason that they got so many frees was because these guys were under savage pressure, no no more than, than Dean Rock and Dublin, and they will know that with an improved attacking performance... They can put up a much bigger score than 116. There was a 220, 222 in that for Kerry yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and and like they will be looking at that for two weeks time, saying if we perform closer to our optimal, that score is there for us. If it's 15 out 15 or 14 out 14. That's there for us, and I think that's, that's what they'll have to go with the two weeks. And, and Dublin are going to be saying the same thing. We've got to get above 2 twenty two, which is outrageous for an All-Ireland final, but that's, that's the beauty of what we have to, to look forward to for yeah. the, next, the next couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, in, in short, for me, I, I think Kerry will definitely improve from yesterday. I think they will have learned so much. They have that experience now. and As Murph said, it's not their first All-Ireland anymore. Now it's their second All-Ireland. Um, and I think there's no question, as a group, they'll tighten together. I don't think they'll be negatively impacted by you know the 42 minutes against 14. Um, I, I think they'll actually be a more confident team and there'll be less pressure on them going up there. For me, it's going to be determined on how much Dublin improve. Um, And I suppose my worry for Kerry is that uh, I think Dublin were nervous yesterday. I think Dublin were shaky. I was looking at them, you know, from the stand. And they just didn't seem their usual clinical slick self, particularly early on. And I think, that whole five in a row stuff that obviously they don't talk about publicly, I think privately that's gone out of their mind because that match is over. And my worry is that they have less pressure, for want of be a better word, on them going into the next day. And I think if Dublin improve and Kerry improve, I think Dublin probably still have that edge. You know, that's my personal feeling on it.
1: Yeah, what a, what a beautiful knife edge to mm. to be sitting on for the next two weeks. Folks, we, we better wrap there because we're gone about 20 minutes over our normal at a time. So, as always, thanks for listening and, and you can listen uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud or Spotify and irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. As always, leave a rating, and review and thanks again for your company.
0: With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Oh.